Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. Episode 90, The Durham Fiasco. We all know that the House of Representatives is now controlled by the Republican Party. And thankfully, the Senate is still under control of the Democratic Party, as is the White House. The fact that the Senate and the White House are under Democratic control will serve as a check on the activities of the Republicans in the House to some degree. Anything that may get passed in the House that is not beneficial to the country or helpful to any of the things that have been occurring in the country over the last few years will be stopped in its tracks, basically. And the Republican majority in the House understands this fact. They know that all of this time and taxpayer money that they spend trying to pass bills in the House that they know are not going to clear the Senate and that they know are not going to clear Biden's desk in the White House are basically a waste of time. It's all theatrics. It's all done to present fodder for their supporters who don't seem to be inquisitive enough about what's really going on to take the time to fact check things for themselves. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't see a Republican of some sort, either a former Republican representative or senator or a current one or a member of the GOP party or a conservative whatever think tank executive There isn't a day that goes by that I don't see somebody affiliated with the fringe, lunatic fringe right, say something on Twitter that's absolutely not true, or comment to a journalist on television or in a news story that's on the internet. So, all of this stuff is being done to whip up their supporters and keep them fearful and angry at what's going on, those horrible, awful liberals that are doing all of these awful things to you and the stuff that they haven't done yet is going to be even worse than the stuff that we're telling you that they've already done. It's just, it's really ridiculous. But There is one committee that the new House of Representatives has 
decided to approve. It's a special committee and uh, it will be made up of a panel and it's called the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government. And it's going to be chaired by House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan. Yes, yes, that Jim Jordan. The Jim Jordan that former Republican House Speaker John Boehner described as a, quote, political terrorist, end quote. He is an extreme far-right lunatic fringe Ohioan who was a coach at one time. And when a whole bunch of his male students came to him saying that the team doctor was inappropriately touching them in a sexual manner, his response was, nothing. Nothing. And more than one or two came to him. And several of them had conversations with him that were of, I think, pretty intense. Uh, And he just, uh, he doesn't remember any of those conversations. He's got a convenient memory. I found that a lot of people who say they're Republicans have convenient memories. They remember the things that they want to remember and the stuff that's not convenient for them to remember. They just can't recall, like Marjorie Taylor Greene when she was uh, on the witness stand under oath down in Georgia. Oh, oh, I don't recall that. I don't remember. I can't recall. If these people really cannot recall all of these things, they probably shouldn't be in Congress, huh? So, anyway, this, this panel, this committee, this special committee, is going to look into important things that are going to be of utmost concern for the American people. Things like Hunter Biden. Don't we all really want to know what's on his laptop? Don't we all really want to see his naked pictures? (laughs) Uh, Hunter Biden, by the way, is not part of Joe Biden's administration. And at the same token, didn't Donald Trump have family members on his in his administration? I, I'm sure he did. I seem to remember his daughter, Ivanka, was part of his administration. And her husband, Jared Kushner, was also part of the administration. And Jared Kushner got a $2 billion handout from the Saudis. Hmm. But that doesn't warrant investigation at all. And it's rumored that Ivanka Trump made hundreds of millions of dollars while she was working in President Trump's administration. Where did all that money come from? I know she got some Chinese patents, which seems kind of odd. But yeah, we're going to ignore that. Let's we're going to look into Hunter Biden, who's not in Joe Biden's administration. And they're going to look into the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, which was a deal that was 
done while Donald Trump was president. He's the one that worked out all of the arrangements and basically signed the papers or whatever. Joe Biden just did what Trump had decided to do because they'd already been working on that plan for months at the time. And quite frankly, there was no good way to pull out of Afghanistan. So might as well just get it over with. But let him investigate it, and they're going to try to make it look like it was Joe Biden's problem, when in reality, he inherited the problem from Donald Trump. They're going to look into Dr. Anthony Fauci, because being responsible and trying to be factual during the COVID-19 pandemic is far worse than telling people to inject bleach into their veins or stick some sort of a light up some orifice to kill the virus or to just do nothing because it'll go away when the weather gets warm. How many millions of people died because of that? And are they going to look into, should maybe Donald Trump and some of his folks who were lying to people telling them to be careless and not get vaccinated and not wear masks and just go back to work and go shopping. It's just going to go away. It's no worse than the flu. Is anybody going to hold them responsible for the deaths that that caused? Because they certainly influenced a lot of people with that type of rhetoric. And they're going to get back to Hunter Biden again. He's that uh, deal with the gas company in Ukraine. And again, we're not going to pay any attention to Ivanka Trump and all the money she made, which was a lot more than Hunter Biden. And we're certainly not going to look into how Jared Kushner inked a deal with the Saudis to walk away with $2 billion, even though their investment experts over in Saudi Arabia advised the powers that be, the prince or whatever, to not do this because it wasn't wasn't a wise move, and they did it anyway. What did they get for that $2 billion, I wonder? Huh. And we've got empty top-secret folders laying around at Mar-a-Lago. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm sure it's just a coincidence. I am certain that, that has, those two things have nothing to do with one another. And, of course... <laughs> They're going to go back to Fauci, and they're going to find out what the origins of COVID are. They they seem to be certain that it was created in a laboratory somewhere. And they're going to look into big tech, because big tech has been mean to Donald Trump and to the Republicans. Has nothing to do with what they were actually doing at the time, that maybe big tech was trying to balance, uh, you know, not censoring, but at the same time, we don't want these people encouraging others to go out and do stupid things that could hurt themselves or kill themselves or others, right? And of course, Hunter Biden and the laptop, that laptop. Oh my gosh. They, the Republicans really have a thing about laptops. I, th- I think that they get uh, excited about laptops. You know, Anthony Weiner's laptop apparently had pictures of, you know, things. And they were all in a to-do about that, too. 
So I think that says a lot about the Republican Party. <laughs> but I have to say that in thinking about all of this, this select subcommittee on the weaponization of the federal government might not be such a bad thing after all. Fairly. And the reason for that is because I do think that the federal government has been weaponized to some degree, but not by Biden. Of course, the Republicans are saying it's been done by Biden and the Democrats, but it hasn't. It was done by Trump. And there's a ton of evidence to back that up. So I highly recommend that they go back to the beginning of the Trump administration, just so that they don't appear to be huge hypocrites and huge partisans and huge, well, having a double standard where their party can do pretty much anything and get away with it and they're not going to say anything about it. But if the Democrats sneeze when they're not supposed to, we're going to investigate it. And of course, the Republicans have a vast right-wing media, thousands of radio stations from coast to coast, television, uh, cable networks dedicated to covering everything that they do or say as if it were pure gold, fair and balanced, even though it's not fair and balanced. But I do think that they ought to look into some of this stuff. Seems to me that there was a governmental agency that Donald Trump basically shut down because he told everybody, if you want to keep your jobs, we're going to move this agency to Kansas from Washington, D.C. area. So you'll have to pack up your family and move to Kansas. And of course, most of the people quit. What was the point of doing that? Hmm. That might bear some investigation. And the IRS stuff where they started laying off all of the IRS people so that they didn't have time to audit. How is it that the IRS failed to audit Donald Trump while he was president, even though the policy states that his taxes needed to be audited every year while he was president? All presidents' taxes are to be audited, but somehow his never were done. But they did decide to do investigations onto former FBI head uh, James Comey and the other FBI agent, Andrew McCabe, because they said things that Trump didn't like, even though it seems that it was truthful. But that's not weaponization of the IRS, I guess. Huh. Okay. And uh, then there was the Mueller report, which, when it was released, William Barr, who was the district attorney or the attorney general for the at the time for, for Donald Trump, decided he wanted to take a look at it first. And before any of it was released, William Barr had a press release where he said that the report basically showed that there was nothing there. There was no obstruction of justice. Nothing was done incorrectly by Donald Trump, blah, blah, blah. And so public opinion was 
formed based on what he said, and then the report was released later, heavily redacted, and, <laughs> well, yeah, all of the experts who are true constitutional scholars said, uh, yeah, William Barr completely misrepresented this report. There's multiple in instances where Trump obstructed justice. But isn't that weaponization? And, you know, I seem to remember that there was a Durham investigation. Do you remember that? I think maybe we might want to talk about that a little bit because I think that that investigation is pretty much wrapped up now. And it sure seems that there's an awful lot of things that occurred in that investigation that the public was not made aware of. And it sure seems to me that uh, William Barr, as the Attorney General of the United States, acted inappropriately on more than one occasion. And I honestly think that maybe the, the uh, somebody needs to look at whether or not William Barr should be able to keep his bar license. Let me tell you a little bit about this guy named John Durham. His full name is John Henry Durham, D-U-R-H-A-M. He was born in Boston, Massachusetts on March 16, 1950. He is an American lawyer. He has served as the United States Attorney for the District of Connecticut. Uh, that was from 2018 to 2021. In April of 2019, he was assigned to investigate the origins of the Federal Bureau of Investigations investigation into Russian interference in the 2016 U.S. elections. And in October 2020, he was appointed special counsel for the Department of Justice in that matter. He was a, an assistant U.S. attorney in Washington, D.C., in numerous positions for approximately 35 years. And he has been involved in some notable cases during that time. In April 2019, U.S. Attorney General William Barr assigned Durham to oversee the review of the Russian investigation and specifically how it originated. And he wanted to find out, he wanted Durham to determine if the intelligence that was gathered was done in a lawful and appropriate manner. Barr announced in December of 2020 that he had elevated Durham's status to a special counsel in October of 2020. So this was a couple of months after the fact. And that this announcement would mean that the Durham special counsel investigation would continue 
after the Trump administration ended so that they would have plenty of time to finish the investigation and wrap it all up. After three and a half years of investigation and prosecutions, the end result was that Durham had one guilty plea and a probation sentence for a charge unrelated to the origins of the Russia investigation. It was something that apparently came out during the investigation, but didn't really have anything to do with it. Uh, Two other prosecutions that were both unsuccessful. And Durham made the allegation at those trials that the FBI had been deceived by defendants but he didn't say that the FBI had acted inappropriately or improperly and in uh, February uh, on February 28th of 2021 Durham resigned as the U.S. Attorney and uh, he was one of 56 remaining Trump-appointed uh, Trump U.S. attorneys that President Joe Biden asked to resign in February of 2021. And as of, uh, you know, earlier this year, he was still the special counsel. But it looks like that's kind of wrapped up at this point. And that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode. Almost from the very moment that Donald Trump announced his candidacy for the president, there have been rumors about his relationship with Russia. And at the time, Donald Trump denied the fact that he had any business interests or done anything with Russia. We now know that he had actually signed an agreement to build a Trump Tower in Moscow at about the same time. So he flat out lied about that. Seems that that would have been the perfect opportunity for him to announce that he had just signed a deal to do that, but that that was as far as it had gone, but he just denied that it had happened. And there are instances that to my knowledge have been proven to be accurate that he has been involved with russians in business going back to the early 1980s when it seems i remember that he built a hotel or had something to do with remodeling a hotel or res- or a resort and they wound up with a bunch of Russian electronics, televisions and stuff like that in the rooms. It was very odd at the time. So this was something that has pretty much dogged Trump all along. 
And in May of 2019, the Attorney General selected by Donald Trump, William Barr, appointed John Durham as a special investigator who was tasked with essentially finding some way to blame the FBI and the Department of Justice for Trump's collaboration with Russia. And Trump had, from almost from the day, beginning of his campaign again, claimed all of these conspiracy theories about all of this stuff. People were making up stories about him. People were lying about him to make him look bad. And so basically, I think what William Barr told Durham he needed to do was put as much of this the blame for all of these things on the FBI as you possibly can. FBI, of course, has always been a bad player to Donald Trump because, well, James Comey didn't go along with him the way Trump expected him to in the beginning of his presidency, and Andrew McCabe didn't exactly go along with Donald Trump. You know, Donald Trump wanted loyalty. He didn't want honesty. He just wanted loyalty. He wanted people to tell him, yes, Mr. Trump, you're correct, even when he was not correct, even if it would have been a bad choice for the country. He just wanted people to say, yes, you're wonderful, you're brilliant, you're a stable genius, you're incredibly smart, I'm so honored to have the opportunity to work with you, blah, blah, blah. So, they were looking for a way to get this Russia, Russia, Russia thing off the public discourse. And they wanted to find a way to justify that any investigations that the FBI might have undertaken regarding Trump and a possible Russia connection were being done with the sole intent of just making Trump look bad and that they weren't based on anything real. And right off the bat, Barr called the head of the National Security Agency into his office, and they had a meeting, the three of them, with Durham. And during that meeting, the NSA was accused of somehow being involved in creating this huge conspiracy against Donald Trump. And apparently a threat was basically made that the Attorney General would, uh, or possibly Durham as well, would use their uh, pull and their power and their status at the Department of Justice to uh, make the NSA's life miserable if they didn't agree to cooperate with the Durham investigation 
and basically provide everything he asked for. And I should point out that all of this investigative reporting, a lot of it has come from reporters at the New York Times who recently published an article about this this whole thing. And we were told that Durham was a specialist at rooting out corrupt officials and finding all of these difficult to piece together puzzle pieces between the crooks and other people who were supposed to be enforcing the law. There was always some little sneaky connection. You know, kind of like McGonagall, the former FBI head up in New York, who we recently found out was being paid by the Russians after he left the FBI and had some connections to a lot of stuff going on that shouldn't have been going on. Yeah, that kind of a deal. And (laughs) it seems that what Durham specialized in more than anything else was mainly how to abuse power when you attain it. And Durham had some disagreements with his very own staff members, which led to uh, the resignation of a top assistant in 2020 who actually wrote a memo or a letter to everyone involved stating why they were leaving because they could see that there were things going on that should not have been going on. And another couple of team members of Durham's left when Durham decided that he was going to indict an attorney by the name of Michael Sussman on a really sketchy charge. Uh, These were charges that a jury dismissed very quickly when uh, Durham finally did take the case to court. From time to time, Attorney General Barr would hint that the Durham Russian investigation was turning up lots and lots of information, some of it quite noteworthy, and that it would be made available to the public at the proper time. And at one point, the announcement said that Durham's intent with this investigation had been expanded, and he was no longer looking for only the people who were directly involved in collecting possible evidence against Donald Trump, but that it was going to actually kind of take a look into the Central Intelligence Agency, the CIA, to see if maybe they were involved in some way uh, making Trump look bad. And, well, while we're at it, we better look into the Clinton Foundation because, well, you know, Clintons, they've only been investigated to death 
for years. <laughs> but <laughs> what the heck? Let's look at them again. I, I'm kind of surprised that the that they haven't been looking into Hunter Biden of all things. My gosh, why not let him look into Anthony Fauci? Good grief. So around comes 2020. And we have an election coming up. And there really wasn't a whole lot of information coming out of the Durham investigation into Trump's Russia connections, all that stuff at all. Uh, there was uh, announcements of resignations and... Apparently, he had expressed that he was not too thrilled with some of his staff members. But this big um, um, news that we were supposed to have had forthcoming from, you know, <laughs> according to Attorney General Barr from the year or previously, never really came to fruition. So <laughs> Trump finally leaves the White House, still denying that he lost the election, <laughs> toting off a bunch of stuff that didn't belong to him in the, in the process, which is <laughs> now another problem he's created for everybody. And even after Trump left Durham, uh, the Durham investigation continued on and uh, occasionally would make some little bit of news that, uh, of course, the right-wing news media stations that look for opportunities to twist anything they possibly can to make the left look bad, where they were overjoyed with anything that came out of Durham. <laughs> but it, there wasn't anything really of substance. And throughout 2022, there were little things that happened. Uh, nothing substantial. And so as we were getting ready to enter 2022, 23, it was becoming pretty obvious that the Durham investigation was going to be a dud. And all it had really actually accomplished was it verified pretty much everything about the original Russia investigations. And that shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody, I guess, but uh, <laughs> it, it was just kind of the whole thing was a joke, and it, the whole thing seems like it was probably a big old waste of money. And again, it was done for um, political reasons, I think. It's important to remember that John Durham was a special 
council. And as such, he operated independently from the Department of Justice, even though the Attorney General, who oversees the Department of Justice, chose John Durham. Once John Durham became special counsel, his investigation was done completely separately from the Department of Justice. And generally the way it works is once the special counsel has finished its investigation, it writes a report, which it then presents to the attorney general. And at that point, if the attorney general has questions, the special counsel can answer those questions and they may come to an agreement as to what charges, if any, might be um, decided upon. Although the final decision is that of the Attorney General. But it's kind of inappropriate for the Attorney General to have any contact about things that the special counsel is investigating, unless it's something, I, I guess, uh, just earth-shattering that might come up where maybe the special counsel needs information directly from the attorney general or something like that. But nevertheless, at one point during the investigation, Attorney General William Barr and the um, U.S. Attorney, uh, the special counsel, flew to Rome. And they met with Italian intelligence and had meals together. And there's a lot of people that kind of raised their eyebrows about that, saying that that was kind of uh, inappropriate. At one point, apparently the Australian government was also cooperating with uh, Attorney General Barr and his efforts to find out what was really going on. Uh, the, the whole thing just seems like it was handled inappropriately. And it didn't turn up anything, really, other than, as I said, the, the bottom line was uh, that it basically confirmed uh, everything that <laughs> had already been, had been known, pretty much. So the official report, uh, I suppose, is <laughs> um, going to have a lot of you know vague statements in it. And I think all it's going to do is leave a bunch of unanswered questions, and it will probably be something that the Republicans will want to investigate since they seem to be dead set on investigating the people who are investigating the people who are supposed to be doing something because it seems like that's all they're really planning on doing. So you can probably throw this Durham investigation into the mix 
and let the investigators in the House of Representatives on this uh, weaponization special committee look into the investigators who were investigating the investigation. <laughs> and that today is how the Republicans want to run our government. Of the people, by the people, for the people. Uh, okay, that's what you, that's what you say. So the whole Bill Barr-John Durham relationship and the special counsel and the investigation into all of the government agencies looking into some sort of a conspiracy, I guess the deep state involved in putting out this fake information about Donald Trump and the Russians and all of this stuff. While they were trying to get something that they could use to say, this isn't true. This isn't a true story. This was something that was drummed up by the CIA or the FBI or whatever, the deep state, picking on poor Trump. But while Barr and Durham were out flying around visiting, I don't know how many countries they visited. It's my understanding that they were in more than one. But I do know that they did speak with the Italians, members of the intelligence service in Italy. And they asked them about anything that they might have heard or anything that they might be aware of that would kind of back up this whole belief that there was some kind of a dark force within the American intelligence services that was trying to make Donald Trump look bad. and. The Italian folks said, gosh, no, we haven't heard anything at all about that. Not a thing. Huh. No, I'm afraid that we can't, can't help you with any of that. But, but, we do have evidence that shows your Donald Trump has been involved in financial fraud. Whoops! Whoops! What? <laughs> that was not what Barr and Durham wanted to hear. Holy cow, financial fraud. Gosh, that kind of seems like a serious thing, huh? And this is coming from Italian intelligence. So... The proper thing to do, of course, <laughs> these two guys are not involved in appropriate activities at this point. They've already gone to the dark side in trying to justify this 
excuse the term, trumped up story that the intelligence services were just out to get Trump and they were uh, making up stuff that wasn't really true. So, but in the process, then they end up finding out that the person that they thought was the victim, the person that they were trying to make out to be the victim, was actually the perpetrator of a crime. Oops. Now, the proper thing to do at this point would have been to get some prosecutors who are not involved in any of the other Trump stuff to start looking into this. But that's not what happened. William Barr just said to John Durham, hey, why don't you do some digging around, just kind of on the sly, just very quietly, and see if there's any truth to this stuff that the Italians have told us, and then get back to me. And apparently Durham did a little bit of work and discovered that there was a there there. There was something. It wasn't a nothing burger. So what do you do then? Do you get those prosecutors together and say, here you go, look into it and tell me what's going on? Nope, you're William Barr. And if you're John Durham, you just uh, very quietly (laughs) make it go away, lose it, bury it. And that's what they did, apparently, because have you heard about it until now? No, probably not. At least not until the good people, the good journalists at the New York Times wrote their story that revealed all of this information. So... It's very inappropriate, I would think, when the person who is looking into and is investigating and looking into facts about a conspiracy to make someone look bad, in this case, Trump, who would have been the victim in this instance, when all of a sudden you find out that this person that you thought was being conspired against was involved in financial fraud. You can't have that same person investigating both of these things. (laughs) It's, well, it's unethical, number one, and it's really hard to be objective when you have to Well, it's just impossible. You can't do it. And it shouldn't be done. And it wasn't handled appropriately. So my question is, will anything happen to William Barr? Will anything happen to John Durham? Are they going to lose their bar licenses? Kind of seems like maybe they should be held accountable for this, don't you think? 
And do you suppose that this might be yet another reason why it is taking Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice apparently an extremely long time to get to the point where they start indicting people? (laughs) Possibly. I hope that's what it is. I hope that's the reason why this has taken so long is because it is so big and it involves so many people. It just is flat out taking them a ton of time to document everything and get everything ready. The paperwork alone has to be a nightmare, right? (laughs) Anyway, as Sonny and Cher said, the beat goes on. So let me sum all of this up. As of the end of 2022, this Durham investigation has cost American taxpayers six and a half million dollars. And it will actually be more than that by the time everything is tallied up. But Let me just give you a quick little refresher on how this all came to be, and I'll get this wrapped up. So lots and lots of accusations about Donald Trump and his ties to Russia, which we now pretty much have verified that he did indeed have ties to Russia on numerous fronts, and he lied about it. And the... Original investigations into this connection between Trump and Russia led uh, to a special counsel under Robert Mueller. And Robert Mueller discovered that Trump's political operation back in 2016 embraced and profited from and lied about Russian assistance in helping Trump win the 2016 election. And then the Trump administration and the Trump campaign took steps to obstruct the investigation into this foreign interference into our American election. The Trump White House was not happy with the conclusions of the Mueller report. And the Justice Department's Inspector General did conduct a rather long probe into the Mueller investigation. And the conclusion from the Inspector General was that uh, they couldn't find anything that was done incorrectly or improperly or outside of the limits of what they were assigned to do. Everything looked completely proper. So this really pissed off Trump because he was looking for something, anything that he could point to, no matter how minuscule, to say, see, See, this is what I was talking about. This proves that I was right all along. And he 
was kind of saying that anyway, even though there was nothing to prove that that statement he was making had any relevancy or any truth to it at all. And, of course, Trump is a good one for throwing hissy fits and temper tantrums, and apparently that's what he was doing. So probably in order to shut him up for a little bit and buy some time, the Attorney General at the time, William Barr, assigned a federal prosecutor by the name of John Durham to conduct yet another investigation into the investigation. Okay? This investigation that uh, Durham undertook lasted longer than Mueller's original investigation of this Russia scandal. And (laughs) pretty much everything that has happened has just been a failure. It was a six and a half million dollar plus failure. So the American people, the taxpayers, have spent millions of dollars over the course of the Trump administration and since trying to find a way to somehow justify that what Trump was saying, which was a lie, was actually the truth. It's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So this is this is an, an should be an embarrassment to the Republican Party that they have people in the party in top positions who are so wasteful and they don't have anything to show for their efforts. And this is nothing new for the Republicans. If you'll remember the Benghazi hearings and all of the investigations into the Clintons, uh, Ken Starr, Newt Gingrich, uh, Trey Gowdy, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in committees and hearings and nothing to show for it. And here again, we're dumping more money into investigations trying to please a man who acts like a spoiled four-year-old. When are the American people going to say enough? Because all of this money that's been wasted on these investigations over the years could have been spent on something else. And I'm not talking about the investigations into Trump when it came to the impeachment. I believe that Trump deserved to be impeached twice, and I believe that he deserved to be removed from office by the Senate, which failed to do its job both times. That should be another embarrassment for the Republican Party. The Republican Party, to me, does not have any values. It doesn't have any morals. It doesn't have any patriotism. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, because all of this stuff that I'm looking at lately just makes me angry that the American people are having to tolerate this nonsense from these people. Jewish space lasers and JFK or JFK Jr. coming back to be Donald Trump's vice president and 
Trump's actually really the president, but Biden is just pretending to be president. Nutcase stuff, and some of the people that believe this are in Congress right now, and they are all Republicans. I don't know about you, but it concerns the heck out of me because I don't see how we're ever going to get anything fixed when you've got a bunch of nutcases on the right running things. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you have a great weekend, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy, and I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Thank you.